0: No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: Start and end your day with the good news. The good news with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin and friends with the good news.
3: It's still producer Moose here with, uh, I guess it's a bro show is what we call it. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Dr. Joe is back and. Steve Mudflap McGrew is here, causing trouble here on The Good News. Angie is still having good family time out in California, leaving me in charge. So I guess when the cat's away, the mice will play. So I love stacking the deck with good friends and uh, people who have great things to say. And so, hi, Mudflap. Hi, how you? <laughs> hi, Dr. Joe. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> so, and you guys were in yesterday, had a good old discussion, and uh, one of the things that, uh, Mudflap, you posted earlier this week on Facebook was talking about how chivalry is dead from a man's perspective. Yes, how did you come across that? What What are your feelings on this? Obviously, you didn't write this article. No, but, but I
4: loved it, and that's why I posted it. I I do think I I see chivalry chivalry. That's hard to say at this time of day. <laughs> Shovelry? Shovelry. I don't people are using shovels enough. Um, <laughs> that's right. Your wife's not using a shovel yeah, enough. Get out there Shovelry. And pick up That dog stuff. <laughs> no, I just think that. Uh, you know, I grew up at a time where you were supposed to open the door, and and you and you walked against the curb. You know, a woman on the inside. It's changed. It's changed a lot. Oh no! Yeah. Don't
5: tell my let me stay in my bubble. Go ahead.
4: Yeah, it's, but no, that's what this article is about. How really? how uh, this one man he's noticed it because mm-hmm. there, that uh, the women. In this day and age, especially not even for us, feminism back in the old days was they just wanted to be, right? You know, more accepted. Where now this guy is saying feminism today, and a lot of women think that they are just equal. It's like we're totally equal. Don't open my door. Don't treat me any different. Don't they they burp and pull my finger and stuff just like us. And this guy is missing an actual lady. People wanting to you know women to be treated like a lady. Hmm. He
3: said there's a difference between a lady and a woman.
4: Yeah, yeah. I mean, a, a, a woman can still be like us, you know. Yes. Uh-huh. But, We're going to get letters now. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, Go ahead, explain but, that but one. But that's the point. That's what yeah. he's saying. Is oh, okay. He can't even say this anymore. Yeah. That, that, you know. A lady. A lady. You know, where's the woman that goes, oh, I can't open my jar. Be a man. Well, it's, you
3: know. it's my nickname for my wife. I call her Lady. Mm-hmm. And so it's one of my... It actually, when she calls me, it pops up as Lady on my phone, just something that naturally came. And I do my best. My mom grew up in the Deep South, and so she's all about Southern hospitality and being a gentleman. Me too. And That's so even house- when I was seven, my mom would... Teach me, okay? Um, open, you know. I'm the woman; my hands are full. Please open the door. And I would do that. And even like when I would go on those silly little junior high dates where mom still drove to the movies and whatnot, she would teach me to open the door, and I do that. Uh, I did that for my wife when we were dating, and I said when we were dating and engaged, I said I always want to open the door for you. Don't ever let me stop. But then kids came along, and it got hard. And like you know, uh, you know, putting the kids in the car, or starting the car when it's cold, and this, or rolling down the windows when it's hot, and I stopped doing it, and I felt bad when I. I realized i stopped doing it and then my wife pointed it out oh. a couple weeks ago hey remember how you said this and you don't and i said yeah i'm sorry i feel horrible about it. it's it been wrecking me on the inside She's like well we have kids and they get in the way <laughs> or wagging his finger through the window uh-huh. but you know just feeling like kids get complicated but whenever i am out alone with her and just a date with her i still do that for her but now i realized being that she brought it up saying that she's noticed i haven't been opening the door even though she's not getting in the car, like she's putting Selah in the car or whatever, I will just open her door as I go to start the car and just trying to be chivalry. And even when we first started dating, this is, I was telling Mudflop this the other day that, you know, when we first started dating, I'd hole open the door for her. She'd walk around me and open her own door and walk in just because she didn't realize what I was doing. Practice. Well, what do you think about that?
5: Oh, brother, I am old school. And yes. uh, my wife has trained me right. And, uh, the, you know, the thing, basically, we, you know, my dad, yeah, this is how you treat a lady. This is how you speak to your mother. This is how you speak to your to your sisters. I had I had to reprimand my son the other day. I was like, you do not talk to my, my little girl, my daughter, her sister, right, yeah. that way. And so I just, you know, I seem, I think women still, men still have a little boy inside them, and women still have a little girl inside them. And men need a, need a need a a dragon to slay and women need a prince to save them. And and, and they may find that prince in other v- avenues this day, but that longing to be loved, that long to be cherished, that long to be to be and, and have it suit on PC. Yeah, but here's the thing though, it's because they don't know where to place their trust. It's a trust thing, and so if if a man or a woman is all about controlling their own life, it's because they've been hurt, because they've tried to step themselves out there and been disappointed so many times. They're like, "Fine, I'll do it myself." That at least if I if I expect you to open the door for me, you don't, then that's my fault. I'm I'm trying to hurt. I'm I'm, you know, first time shame on me, second time shame on you, or shame on you, shame on me. So I think they're in this culture. It's look, if it has to be, it's up to me. I'm gonna take care of myself. I, if I don't expect you to help me, then I'm not going to be disappointed. I'm not going to have any unmet expectations. And so, now, if you if you train your 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 wife right, forgive me if I say this wrong. That's so non PC. <laughs> if you if if your wife really trusts you, she'll stand at that door and just wait. Until yep. until you you're open like, that door. Until you're like, uh, hello idiot and you're in the car going, What oh, excuse oh. me, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it takes few times of that. So it's it's really that every day you have to wake up and and say, I am married, this is my princess, this is who I soon to love, this is who I put first. It doesn't come natural, you don't feel like doing it, it's just, you know, if this is the bro show, that every day, in my opinion, it's the man's responsibility to be the leader of his family, to be the leader of his wife, to make sure they're partners, make sure there's communication. Does it always work out perfectly? No. And have I had 26 years of experience and practice? Yes. So that's just my opinion. Is that chivalry is still dead. practice? has not mastered it yet. Yeah. because the men want so many pats on the back just for showing kindness. Oh, I
4: did this for you. Look, at, like just be kind and and be loving to whoever. And because your right. daughters are watching. Right. But I see it on the other side of so many women mm-hmm. acting like men.
5: Yes. Yes.
4: That mm-hmm. that they've just become. Men so guys go, eh, why should I treat you any different Yeah, do it you yourself. Know, why, do it yourself. If that's mm-hmm. what if you're gonna go out drinking with the boys, mm-hmm. you're one of the boys, you know? Uh, uh, it's like it's kinda of this article says too, like so <laughs> many so many apps now are like apps to find a one nighter or a quickie instead of actual just women still going, You will court me, mm-hmm. you will take me to dinner mm-hmm. instead of just, Oh, I got Tinder app yeah.
5: No, nah, it never. You, you, so you watch those movies, you know what's the ones that uh, you know, friends with benefits stuff like that. In the end, what happened? They wanted a relationship. Yeah. So again. But it's PC, It's not PC to say these kind of things. But, and but I but think the reality that's the bad, is bad is thing you, about they, it. They say one thing. Uh, okay, I don't know where to go on this show. But it's like okay, I know what you're saying i mm-hmm. hear what you're saying but i know what you mean yes so i hear you say you want independence i hear you say you want freedom i hear you say you want to be treated like a man but in the, but it but 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 in the bottom line of it is it of it you want relationship you mm-hmm. want someone to be with you and so it gets very confusing but you shouldn't as, say as, that as but, man, but, but you know society will come exactly. along and go but exactly. you shouldn't I say know. that but the reality is who wants to die who wants to spend their 60s 70s and 80s alone Yes. Right. That's your biggest fear. Right. Well, guess what? Then, then you better figure it out when you're 20, 30, and 40 years old. Well, mm-hmm. This is Doctor, this is Daddy Joe talking now, not Doctor Joe right, talking. Right.
4: Well, it's sort of weird because before I read this article, i had been doing a, b- a bit in my act about people getting married in their 20s. Mm-hmm. Like, why would you want to get married in your 20s? That's that's like leaving a good party at 9:30. <laughs> because my my uh, parents were together since they were 14. Yeah, you know oh, what I mean. Wow. So in this day and age, and they liked it, and they liked it, <laughs> and they were together 69 years. There you go, but. In this day and age, everybody just wants to party, 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 and, it, and that was sort of my thinking until I read this article. Mm-hmm. Is that and I, the, my joke was, you shouldn't get married to your like in your sixties and go, hey, do you want to die alone? Me neither. Want to get married? <laughs> you know, sure.
5: Because so, you because you've, you've, you're, you're, you actually may listen to somebody else and have a relationship with someone, and and by the time you're sixty, it's not all about me. Yeah. You're like, okay, I've, I figured this out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree. Our my daughters are. are they're not old my oldest is 26 but you know she may not get married till she's 30 who knows and she would love to be married and she had you know uh, my, you know they my kids are all longing for that day but i
4: think like you said i've heard other people say you know what wait till you're 30 skip your first divorce well let me ask you you this because this is something that i had the conversation with my my parents about Mm -hmm. because like i said they've been together forever we're married forever forever um my mom said that she thinks that one of the problems in marriages today, because people don't stay married, Mm-mm. is that they wait too long to get married. And then people are set in their ways. Mm-hmm. And I don't like when people you know, it's like yeah. then you have things that you don't like. I don't like that. I like to have my meal at such and such instead of getting married young and growing together. Yep, I agree. So do you do you I, see that you too? know, I think marriage is all
5: about being unselfish. Yes. So, by the time you, like you said, get to six, you're like, okay, that didn't work out very well being, all, being stuck in my ways. So, but I, I, it all depends. You know, it all depends on the relationship, and that's why I think good counseling, and not just premarital counseling, but consistent counseling and coaching of how you're communicating and how you try to die to one another, you know. And, it, and if it's a Christian marriage, then it's like, look, you know, death death till death does its part does mean something, which means, you know, if someone says, well, I'm not happy right now, well, what did that have to do with anything as far as staying married? And so there's days I don't like my wife, there's days she doesn't like me, but there's days every day I do love her. Yeah. And and we, I think we've we've forgotten what it, what it how to be in a relationship, how to not like each other for that day, but how to really come home and say okay. Again, the man me says, you know what? I was wrong. You know, forgive me, or hey, let's not let's agree, but let's let's not go to bed angry. There's things right. that you have to step up and not keep blaming. You got to grow up. You can It's not for marriage. Is not for cowards. That's well, the first
4: thing I'm going right, to tell not my. For not for people, cowards. Another one of the things that I, I always go back to my my parents because they did it. I mean, they're mm-hmm. one of the few yeah. people I know that they pulled done it. it off. But my mother told me one time talking about it, she is Mrs. Ariel McGrew. So mm-hmm. that's what she goes by, Mrs. My dad was Robert Lee McGrew. Yeah, she she signs stuff, Mrs. Ariel McGrew. Yeah, because she took that job on yep mm-hmm. and so the other thing that she has talked about why people uh is that they don't dedicate themselves to relationship because my mom's real into watching these daytime shows now yeah. and she'll she'll complain about it mm-hmm. that's just totally wrong you should never have your own you know like yeah. everybody says have your own banking account now separate right. banking accounts right. and my mother was actually like, no that's just part of the exit strategy and i was like what she mm-hmm. goes anytime you go into a relationship mm-hmm. looking for something to cya You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Then you're not dedicated to the relationship. If you have a banking account, in case something goes wrong, then you're ready for it to go wrong. Yeah. You are not totally dedicated to the actual relationship itself amen yeah it's totally you got to be totally
5: sold out it's not for cowards you know you said well you gotta get a little she money you got to have a little he money inside just in case you know if you're for vacation it, she was against too. again where you're when you're thinking and and what you're doing it all depends on this person that you love and and and, and there's lots of ways to you know continually to fall in love and 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 do that I was trying to think of what you had said but it's it's about commitment it's about surrendering it's about what's what's this we're in this together you know and i tell my wife you know hey if you ever leave me i'm going with you you know and <laughs> yep. uh and 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 i do it's funny you say that because sometimes I, when, when i want to be respectful and loving to my wife i call her mrs arve i said mrs arve how are you today you know and, and it's like 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 if you ever watch she loves pride and prejudice oh yeah so like mr darcy that's she, she that's mr. my darcy, wife right yeah. there yeah she she's all over that and so I just, and, but it doesn't come natural but it's like what do you want you know, I just. But do in this n- day and
4: age, guys are taking the last names of the women. Have you, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't. Well, like, one you guys of the, are hyphenating and taking the last name of the. What are we becoming in this society? One of the biggest pieces of happy, marriage.
3: <laughs> is that what it is. Just, I don't know. One of the biggest pieces of marriage advice I got before we got married and right after we got married was, if you're in an argument, does it look like a Disney movie? I'm like, what are you talking <laughs> about? Is there a victim and is there a villain? Is that how you see your fight? <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's, if you're in an argument and you see the other person as a Villain and you're the victim and saying you 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 you're a Disney movie then mm-hmm. you know, stop it and so that's why I like um unpacking our marriage from when we first got married like the first three years of our marriage my wife said yeah there was times I didn't like you I loved you but yeah. I did not like you and suddenly I'm like I yeah I'm not gonna tell you when I felt the same way but yeah <laughs> I'm thinking
5: this, okay Beauty and the Beast where I'm the Beast she's the Beauty mm-hmm. and it's like yep there's times and you work it out but again. You know, intention is just, just we just don't communicate very well. And you know, we say, Okay, intentions speak louder than actions speak louder than words. And and is still communicating this whole thing. Like like lots of times I know what I said, but uh, based on your response, you obviously you did not hear what I was saying. So let's let me rephrase that.
3: Maybe I know? need to have you guys back for therapy Tuesday, and we'll do some marriage some yeah. <laughs> yeah,
5: you know, and it and it's work, and it's not for cowards.
4: But is it worth it? Absolutely. Yeah, but isn't that actually Absolutely. part of real therapy? Where they go now, repeat back what yeah. he said. Don't yeah. just don't just respond. Yeah. say it so you. Heard yes, the words not, that were. If like she's not don't in the mood,
5: them, for- don't interrupt her. Let, her. let her talk. Let her talk. Let him yeah. talk. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. If, yeah, if she's yeah. Like in the mood of, don't interrupt me. But I need to remember that. Like I'll say it over and over in my yeah. head just to be like you glazed over what happened. I'm like, I was trying to remember what you <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, I'm just really
5: focused right now. I'm yeah, sorry. Exactly. Did I do something wrong? I'm well,
3: like, yeah. Coming up next, we have our friends from Life Choices. Rick Thielen is coming in. And in a couple of weeks, they have their huge uh, Night for Life fundraiser. And uh, it's a great, great cause, great fundraiser. And we have your chance to get some free tickets to this amazing event. If you email Angie Austin News, AngieAustinNews at gmail.com and just say, hey, Angie, I want to go to this Life Choices event. We're going to randomly select uh, 10 people to go to the um, regular part, but then there's also a VIP dinner worth $300 that we will pick somebody out of all these emails. So email angieaustinnews at gmail.com. Say, hey, Angie, I want to go to this Life Choices event, and we will select winners, and I, Producer Moose, will get back with you. So make sure you uh, email Angie today, right now, and um, you know, Rick Cleveland's going to come in next. They're going to talk about this awesome event and everything else that's going on with Life Choices. great event are you guys familiar with life choices
5: yeah we used to work with them and go into high schools and do weight training with them yes yes They so, yeah, had their
3: educational program it's, is very cool they very cool stuff last nice month stuff. they had one of their uh, junior high ambassador teachers come in and instructors and it's a really cool program
4: yeah nice Good
3: stuff. Nice. all right so dr joe you have an event coming up very soon
5: yes yeah, saturday november 7th at 9 30 at our office up in northland 104th and i-25 we have a workshop called sleep more stress less so it's all about how to get into the habit of getting the best sleep ever.
3: And yesterday we covered some bits on how to sleep better, so make sure you get the podcast on AngieAustinRadio.com. Yes. Uh, and also, Mr. McGrew, you're all over the world and back again, going to Hawaii in a couple weeks and oh. Nebraska next week. Sorry, buddy. Yeah, isn't
4: that the weirdest? Like, <laughs> you're going to Nebraska and Hawaii. So, you know, it's the best both of sleep. both worlds. Yeah, it's a exactly. lot like
5: marriage. That's
3: right. <laughs> <laughs> it's ups
5: and downs. There you go. Ups and you get your Nebraska days and your Hawaii
3: days. <laughs> So how can uh, people find your stuff? Just Google Steve McGrew. That's what I always say. Just and, Google. And we at The Good News are not responsible for what you might find. Ta-da! <laughs> <Little> <laughs> disclaimer. Well,
5: what we've said for the last 20 minutes on this radio show. Yes, exactly. But That's not ever, PC.
3: If you do happen to find some of his stuff on YouTube, it is quite funny. Just make sure some of the children aren't around and that it could not be rated pg not safe for work (laughs) exactly awesome well thank you gentlemen so much for coming in love having you guys on the good news and uh, we'll be back with uh, rick Thielen. angie recorded this interview before she left and so he'll be back in to talk with us uh coming up next for the good news
5: Proclaiming the love of Christ through the airwaves. 810-KLVZ, where love
3: lives.
2: Trigger or treat!
3: Oh. <laughs> Every year that dreaded question arises, what are you going to dress up as for Halloween? your kids have been discussing it for months in effort to trump last year's costume and you don't want to wait till the last minute and be forced to go as the same thing for the fourth year in a row to that neighborhood party the solution to be the best dressed at this year's fall festivities is ARC Thrift Stores Check out their huge array of costumes from princesses and superheroes to clowns and cute cuddly animals at a fraction of the price that you'll find at those costume mega stores. Be sure to explore every aisle to discover a great addition to your fall and winter wardrobe. Plus when you do your shopping at ARC, you're giving back to the community by supporting those with intellectual and developmental disabilities right here in Colorado. Costumes, accessories, clothing, and more find it, love it, at Ark. check out ArkThrift.com to find a location near you.
1: Do you ever feel like you're just searching for a church and you just can't find the right one? Well, I must have looked for about ten years. I have to tell you, I've never been so excited to go to church. I feel that Pastor John Moreland, my pastor, that's you, John, um, has a real gift for teaching, and there's so much love in that church. And I've never felt more welcome. And I have to tell you, Pastor Moreland, I just. I I love going to church now. I learn something every week, and I I just feel so blessed by you. It makes me cry.
3: Well, I'm humbled to hear you say that. Denver Christian Bible Church is about two things. One, we wanna make genuine connections with people, and two, we wanna genuinely connect those people to Jesus.
1: Thursday night, we connect, you can go to dinner, you get to know people. And then on Sundays, I just feel like it's a time of getting together and learning. And I feel I'm always hugged. I've never been hugged so many times in my life by people who are really happy to see me there. And so I feel like I'm growing, but I also feel like I have a support system at Denver Christian Bible Church. So people would like to come. How do they reach you, Pastor Moreland? Please go to our website. You can download our sermons for free and find out where we are, denverbible.org. Hi, it's Angie Austin. If you ever thought about mentoring someone, well, guess what? We need you. The Denver Rescue Mission needs mentors for kids and adults. Hello, Alexa, with the Denver Rescue Mission. So how can we help you? Uh, you can sign up to be a mentor for a child or an adult, um, people who are um, in one of the Denver Rescue Mission programs, um, and you basically sign up at denverrescuemission.org. And for mentoring, there's a little bit more involved. You may have to do a background check and some of those things, but it's a, a few times a month commitment. And you can spend, you know, an hour or so with a, a kiddo or an adult And really pour into their lives a little bit When they've come from some some situations in their lives And just be a friend Yeah, be a friend And you've been mentoring someone And you find mentoring that young gal very satisfying I do I'm mentoring a 14-year-old girl And it's been just a blast So I really encourage you to, you know, look into it And give us your website again DenverRescueMission.org
3: 810-KLVZ Brighton, Aurora, and Colorado Springs, where love lives.
1: Welcome back to the good news. Angie Austin here, joined by our friend Rick Thielen, CEO of Life Choices. Hello, Rick. Welcome back.
2: Hi, Angie. Always a joy to be here. And well, always enjoying it.
1: I love having you in, and you always follow all the news that uh, might, you know, impact us in terms of, you know, what you do offering women uh, choices. So talk a little bit about what you do because I think it's so neat. I I think of you as Option Three. I think that there, um, you know, there's the abortion clinics, and then you know, traditionally just you know having a baby in in your, in your family. But then there that is that difficult middle ground, and I think you guys offer such love and non judgment and. Uh, caring and information for the ladies uh, so that they can go through this decision with um, an education and not be fearful and have a friend
2: absolutely well I appreciate that description Uh, you know there you are there's two opposite ends there's the uh, Planned Parenthoods or the abortion centers out there and then the other group is is the people that want to have their children and they plan and and they do those kind of things but there's a whole middle ground there where um, you know they seem to be surprised when they get pregnant even though their sexual life choices that they make uh, is what, that, what, what it leads to and so uh, we want to be that voice that they can come to, that they can trust that one, they're not going to be manipulated, they're not going to be judged um, but we are going to give them the truth and, and the here's, here's where your real options are and we, we talk about all three of the options, you can either parent yourself you can choose someone else to parent your child or you know, the abortions there. We obviously don't want them to choose the abortion route, but we do have some clients that do that, and we still love on them because we know that uh, they're gonna need our services later on with the after-abortion care. And you know that happen- that's been happening more, more regularly and more quickly now. Sometimes it would go on for years before someone decided they really needed to talk about an abortion decision they made. But now sometimes we're seeing it as quickly as three or four weeks.
1: That right afterwards, and I I agree with you, what I had heard in many cases with people that I've known who've gone through the Forgiven and Set Free Bible Study, um, and as you put it, aftercare abortion, uh, uh, that after abortion care, pardon me, that they were waiting years and that it was plaguing them for years and adversely affecting their lives for years. I have several girlfriends that have brought up just the depression and the darkness and then not being able to talk about it. One woman who's married with four kids, she said from the time she was 17 and had that abortion then they got married and had the four kids, that they never spoke about it again, that he just thought it would be best. And then he actually went through um, a Bible study to try to heal from it as well. And again, we're talking four grown kids later.
2: Yes, absolutely. I mean, sometimes it's absolutely decades, and we, we've seen some of our clients do that. But you've just brought up a great point. It isn't just women. Uh, it, it's men. And uh, we have some men that are coming in and uh, saying, uh, especially with the onslaught of the Planned Parenthood videos, Yes. and they're going, oh, Oh, I didn't... I, now I really kind of realize what I did, and... and uh, yeah. I, I didn't realize that's what the decision I'm making. And now they have all these what ifs that are coming into their minds. Right. And what if I hadn't paid for it? What, what if this? What if I didn't force my girlfriend or put pressure on? What if? And, and the men, I've, seen, I've met so many men whose whole lives have just been literally ruined. I mean, they've lost their careers. They just can't get past it. The and, guilt. and I have family members who got their girlfriends pregnant and the, and the, and the girl said, you have nothing to do with this decision. It's my decision, and it doesn't affect you anyway. It affects me. Well, that's not true, and, and it is. It does affect men, and, and we see it all the time. So, uh, you know, I would say that to anyone that's listening out there. There are men, you know, if there's 40% of the women out there that have had abortions if by the time they reach their 40s, there's probably the same percentage of men that are involved. So
1: you offer um, the I know that you help the women and you help the men as well.
2: We do. We have uh, we, we have someone else that is a that we refer to okay. that specializes in it and uh, Warren Williams is just an amazing guy when it comes to this. He, he knows and has talked and, and worked with many men. And uh, I just want you know. And he says, "Hey, Rick, let me know anytime, and we'll we'll we will do that." So uh, you know, we'll meet that a,
1: as a Christian organization. I think that you guys. Um, when I think of you, that my visualization is open arms. Uh, for everyone I, if you decide to have an abortion, we cannot help you with that. That is not the decision we want you to make but we have open arms to care for and love everyone as Jesus would do in terms of acceptance forgiveness. we're here for you that's kind of what I feel like your organization does.
2: yeah well thank you that and it is we kind of like to describe ourselves Jesus with skin on here right now uh, yeah and uh, we you know we, we love on the people that come in and you know we do uh, we do exit surveys and how people feel how they were treated in each one of our centers even on our mobile we get tremendously high marks i mean i almost sound like donald trump we're just great people just think we're great
1: and you get high (laughs) marks for what the compassion and the care absolutely
2: and and non-judgmental um i i can uh, here's one uh, young high school girl that came into our mobile unit uh, and uh you know they always seem to travel in threes kind of a know, know, don't they and uh and they came in we were parked uh, not too far away from the high school and uh they came in and asked a lot of questions of our nurse manager of course we we staff our mobile with only nurses and and they've been trained for advocacy and and to listen and and to do that and uh, they were in there for probably a good 20 30 minutes it was their lunch hour and uh when they when they got ready to leave they said you know something we have a friend who's pregnant, and we wanted her to come with us today. And she was convinced that all you were going to do was tell her how bad she was and oh, and all those kind of things. And, and, and she goes, we're going to go back and tell them that that's not what this was like. It was informational. You cared about us. You genuinely answered our questions in the right way. We're going to tell her. The great thing was the next day, even though our mobile wasn't there, four more of the girls from that high school, including that particular girl, came to our brick-and-mortar location really? and had a pregnancy test. And their, their reaction was the same one. and said, we're going to let all of our friends on the high school know that it is a very safe place to go. You treated us with respect, and uh, we, we just think it was a great. You guys are just great. I
1: love it when you come in and say tell me how many babies you saved this week because I I always visualize all these kids one day that you get to go into an auditorium and see all the kids you helped (laughs) save and that they all say thanks
2: Rick. It is you know it's exciting in fact right now we're actually gathering up all the first names of the babies that were born to us this year as we prepare a Christmas card and uh, we sent out a Christmas card and they have first names on that and you know, um, it was interesting. I, I just had a, a lady came up to me. It was literally just a week in, or two weeks ago. Uh, this is a Christmas card from last last November. Yeah. We send them out around yeah. Thanksgiving, and she goes, "Rick, I just so enjoy the Christmas Aww, Christmas card." The and I go, well, "Well, that's great." She goes. I take the baby's names and I put, it, I put a magnet on my refrigerator and I pray for each one of those babies oh, every day. Oh, my
1: goodness. It's amazing. So that's
2: really what it's all about.
1: Okay, I have a story for you because I've shared a couple of friend stories. This one's brand new and this is someone that... I've known for several years, very strong Christian, when she was a teenager, had a very difficult upbringing, uh, was not in a Christian home, wasn't a Christian at the time, got pregnant at the age of 16, was an athlete, but again, just turmoil at home. Mm -hmm. So she told her family that she was um, going to be going to visit the aunt to help babysit the kids, et cetera, in the big city, and she really was in the big city to get an abortion. Mm and um so i'm in this room and she's a speaker at a christian conference and she's speaking and i'm watching her daughter in the back of the room oh. who's now almost 40 and so um she's one of four kids but she's the oldest mm-hmm. and um as i'm watching her um i'm watching the daughter and then i'm looking at my girlfriend and my girlfriend said uh i you're not going to believe this she said but i was watching a television show and they were talking about teen pregnancy and uh it was good times, if you can believe that. Remember that all of yeah, it was uh-huh, J.J. Walker? Yeah, uh-huh. And so J.J. Walker, <laughs> one of his friends had gotten pregnant uh, on the show. And so she's watching this, not a Christian. And as she's watching, the girl said, you know, she was talking about her pregnancy, teen pregnancy. She feels the baby kick. And she said she was overwhelmed with the feeling that this is somebody. This is somebody. Mm-hmm. And as I'm watching her daughter in the back the room, I think that's the most beautiful thing to me when we've talked about adult children or children who know that they were chosen and that they're that the parents had considered abortion and then decided against it. And the, the smile on her daughter's face, I will never forget it. I can see it in my mind right now. I know exactly what she was wearing. And I just wanted to get my camera out and take a picture, but it wasn't like an appropriate setting in the speaking event <laughs> sure. to run over and take her picture <laughs> while her mom was talking about how she didn't abort her. Uh-huh. But the love and joy between the two of them and just the, the look they had for each other in the midst of this big crowd during a speaking engagement, that girl's face was glowing because she knew she'd wow. been saved and uh-huh. she knew how much her mother loved her and she knew that her mom made the choice to keep her and that she was somebody. And to actually see that somebody, it becomes so real for me. And I think that when I was younger, I'll be honest with you, when I was younger, I just kind of thought, well, it's up to people what they want. It's their decision and I'm not going to get involved. I don't like abortion, but I'm not deciding for anyone else. And as time went on and I, you know, would see people... Um, for instance, this this situation, but mm-hmm. others yeah. like that, where uh, you know, I mentioned my friend that went in to get an yeah. abortion, and she was with her girlfriend who was also going to get an abortion, and the boy, the girl, her girlfriend's boyfriend came in and pulled her out of there. So now, every time my girlfriend sees that little child, she, in that child that was middle school age, she's reminded of a child she aborted every time she sees that child because. That, that girl did not have the abortion that day, and they both were scheduled that very same day. So what a constant reminder. And then also, I think that this can of worms that's been opened up with these good can of worms, in my opinion, uh, Planned Parenthood videos seeing that Planned Parenthood was selling baby parts for money, and that some of these babies, in some cases, were still alive when they um, you know, were aborted. And just to see that they, um, many of these babies were, were viable babies, um, yeah. it's become so concrete to me that it, it's murder. Um, and as you've mentioned before, if the baby's moved um, a couple of inches, like if you give birth to a baby prematurely and you kill it, it's murder. Yeah. But if then you have an abortion, um, a late-term abortion, it's not. And so um, it's been—my it, my mindset has changed over the years from my younger days, when I'm like, well, it's up to other people. And now I just feel that— People aren't educated. They don't know how bad it is. And, you know, Planned Parenthood just uh, agreed to not sell um, uh, tissue. You don't know buy that, of yeah, course. Yeah, I
2: heard that. You know, uh, the president announced that, in, uh, the president of Planned Parenthood. And so she- they're agreeing to not
1: sell baby parts, which is illegal anyway, Rick. Well,
2: but the real felony is, is adjusting your process or procedure to maximize the organ parts that you want. And so they didn't say anything about that, but right. but I guess they did admit that that's what they were doing, yes. even after they've said they weren't that. They, they were changing the
1: procedure and aborting the baby in and a that different way. The videos way. were all fake. Yeah. Uh, they weren't. So now they've agreed to not uh, sell tissue, which basically they're agreeing to follow the law S- and not, and like not sell baby parts.
2: Well, I have, a, I have another great... Uh, almost abortion story that okay. that, that all, the listeners, the, well, all the listeners will know this person.
1: And, and by the way, we're talking to Rick Thielen, uh, CEO of Life Choices, if you're just joining us. So. so let's hear about the the good, I like your happy stories. <laughs>
2: well, this will lead into our big fall event coming up called A Night for Life.
1: And that's in November. Uh,
2: November 6th on a Friday night at Embassy Suites in Loveland. And uh, our speaker that night is a guy by the name of Jason Jones, a Hollywood producer, great pro-life uh, advocate. And he did a movie called Crescendo, true movie, and it's all about a young woman who is pregnant, and um, she, her first husband had died, and uh, so she remarried, and the second husband's very abusive, mistreats her, does all these kind of things, and she's very, very pregnant, and she decides that she is not going to have a baby with this man. So she goes down the street, not not necessarily an abortion center, but in that type of thing, it was where uh, there was a woman that could mix up different kinds of drugs. And make you abort. And make you abort. And she told her, she says, whatever you do, don't use more than three drops out of this vial, or there'll be two funerals. You know, there'll be two deaths. You, the baby, and you. Well, about the time she's getting back and mixing it up, her husband comes in, very abusive. They're trying to deliver a piano and uh, he goes where's my food and, and all that kind of stuff and just is really nasty to her and as she as he walks out she takes the vial and pours the whole thing in the cup instead of just the three drops and about the time she's going to drink this the, the piano that's being hoisted up uh, crashes through the windows where she's at and, and she thinks something's keeping me from doing this and so now we fast forward a few years she's had the baby it's a young boy And uh, she takes her boy down, and uh, they, you know, he had been practicing on the piano that they had bought and everything. And so she wanted to get him into the school. And uh, the teacher there said, "I don't have a room. I don't have room for this this other child." She says, "Please, just listen to him." And so it comes back a little bit later in the afternoon, and the teacher says, "I would like to see him starting Tuesday, and we're going to put him in." And she said, "Thank you." very much. I, 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 It just means a lot to me. And as she walked away, the teacher said, thank you, Mrs. Beethoven, for bringing your son by. Wow. So it was Ludwig van Be- Beethoven. True story, his mom wanted to abort him. Whoa. And she didn't. And of course, it was a great story. And the whole movie's done in German with English subtitles. Yeah. Jason Jones did this particular movie. And now you end the movie with of now, with almost 56 million abortions that we've had since Roe versus Wade, what have we missed out on? The talent or the right. skill sets or whatever that may be. It just leaves you with that story. And it comes back to what I mentioned before with the guys going, What if? Yeah. And the women are asking the same thing, What if? Well, you know, God's going to forgive you for that, and, and, and there are options, and there are ways to come through that. And, I, and I've, seen, I've seen people's lives dramatically change to go through that. A mm-hmm. um, I, I, uh, young, young woman that I was working with uh, had uh, been sharing with me in the pro-life movement, very, um, uh, very influential here in Colorado. And she said, you know, Rick, <clears throat> when I was younger, I lived in, in uh, New York, and I had an abortion. But she says, but I understand I'm, I'm good with it right now. Well, as I listen to her a little bit more and I go, you know, you might, uh, I'd like to introduce you to Lisa, who does our after-abortion care and, and leads in Forgiven and Set Free. Oh. And she goes, okay. Fast forward, she meets Lisa, she signs up for the class, she goes through the class, and it was literally just two months ago she called me on the phone. And she goes, Rick, I don't know how you knew that i needed to meet lisa yeah but she says it's the best thing that ever happened in my life wow i thought i was over it but i wasn't i didn't realize i would just kept burying Burying it it. and burying it and she goes and guess who was the first person that recognized that said that you have really changed meaning for the good yeah i said i I was i thought i had an idea but i didn't guess i said no you go ahead and tell me she goes my husband really she goes he says, it's like you're a different woman. He says, what a joy. Wow. And her kids. And then I got to meet her pastor. And he says, when she finished the study, I could see the change in her.
1: Wow. The forgiveness that she'd accepted. Yeah,
2: because that weight and that guilt and the shame that people carry, and you know, and we pack that away. Whether it's a woman or a man, we can lift that. We can get rid of that for you. Now, we don't do it. It's actually the Holy Spirit. Jesus right. Christ does that. When you finally realize, yes, I can be forgiven for that, and I'm set free of all this guilt that I've been carrying.
1: Right. Wow. That's powerful. Uh, all right. So you said you had a
2: couple more stories for us. We've got three minutes left. So I want, I, I want to, <laughs> okay. I, I want a story that'll give us hope. Well, I think that's probably one of the biggest. Hope. One that's kind of a heartbreak, but it's also exciting. And uh, we had uh, just a few months ago, uh, we had a young woman come in, and uh, she was heartbroken. And uh, she had come in with her husband. And uh, they had went and gotten a pregnancy test. At a, it happened to be an abortion center because that's where they thought they should go. And uh, they come back and they said, I'm sorry, there's no heartbeat. Uh, and they were just getting ready to go on vacation. They said, go ahead and go on vacation, but you're probably going to miscarry while you're, while you're gone. Well, what a miserable vacation to have. Yeah. Well, they never miscarried. And when they come back, uh, they went back and they said, I think we need to have another ultrasound. And that was with you. Well, not yet. They not went yet. back to this place and said, because okay. nothing's happened. Right. And they said, your insurance isn't going to cover it, and so we're not going to do it. And they said, well, would you please do it? And they go, no, not unless your insurance will cover it or unless you want to pay for it. 460 bucks they had to cough up. And they were driving away and came across our mobile unit and saw the 800 number. Called. We said, sure, come on in. We'll, you know, We don't charge for anything. And they came in, had the ultrasound, and... Not only was there a heartbeat, but the baby was strong 18 months along and 18 weeks yeah 18 weeks I'm sorry yeah. 18 weeks along and they're gonna be born here in just another couple months
1: Wow and here she might have had like a DNC thinking that there was no heartbeat
2: absolutely this has happened four times in the last year Wow. And one, one was not only, was there a heartbeat, there was two heartbeats. It was a twin for another one, and she had twins.
1: And those babies were
2: born? They were born, In the very first place she came after she got out of the hospital was to Life Choices. Wow. Because she wanted to show her babies, and she was so excited and, and everything. Those, you know, it's distressing to hear the other part, but wow, what an exciting thing for those mothers and those couples that are that are having their babies. Well, two things I want to make sure
1: we get out, that uh, Life Choices comes into schools and teaches kids about the power they have to make the choice to say no about, you know, premarital sex. And then also, I want to talk about your November 6th event, Friday night in Loveland. We've got about a minute left. To tell everybody where they can get info on what it's all about. Okay,
2: go to lifematters.org. You'll see Just click on the icon at the top. It's called a night for life. And our speaker is Jason Jones. It's November 6th. Uh, the program starts at 7 p.m. is no cost, but you do need to register to get your tickets. There are some dinner tickets available if you want to do a dinner earlier at 5 o'clock, and that's $150 a person, but that also includes some reserve seating right in front of the center stage.
1: Excellent. All right. I'm putting it in my calendar to make All sure right. I don't forget. Give us your website again, Rick.
2: That's lifematters.org because life matters at Life Choices.
1: And if you'd like your school, your kid's school, to have their program come, it is free for the schools. And you can also get information on that website as well because they work miracles with these kids. And they have teen mentors and kid mentors that also are within the schools that are there to talk to kids who are confused about their choices when it comes to, you know, getting involved with people maybe before they want to. And they know now they can say no. All right, we'll be right back.
2: Thank you.
0: The love of Christ lives on 810 KLVZ
1: hey it's Angie do you have dreams and goals that you really want to reach and you don't know how to reach them you feel lost like you don't have a roadmap to your dreams do you need like a big jolt of coffee well that's Carrie Conley she has a big event coming up and every year I go and it helps me reach my goals hi Carrie hi how you doing yes very very excited about the event Called Vision is Victory. It's the third annual. It's in January uh, 2016, the 14th through the 16th in Scottsdale, Arizona. It'll be beautiful. And I'll be there. You'll be there. Tickets are very reasonable right now. Great excuse to get away from Colorado in the cold winter months. And you really teach us um, every single step we have to take to take what we want in life and actually put it into actionable steps and reach our goals. That's right. I want people walking out, knowing exactly what to do and how to get there. And in three days, we learn that. You do. I and did. And meet some really awesome people. And have a lot of fun. It is a blast, and I learn so much every year that I go. All right, Carrie Conley, how do we reach you? InfiniteNation.com. InfiniteNation.com. Hi, it's Angie. Would you like to have a bigger business or grow your nonprofit and make more money for your charity? I would love to help you. If you like the good news, if you believe in what we do, we work with our sponsors personally. And I have friendships. I know everyone that works on the good news as an advertiser myself. And so I would love to help you build your business. And I would love to have you help support the good news if you enjoy it. And I love to work with nonprofits, as you know. So please contact me if you have questions. And Angie Austin news at gmail.com again it's Angie Austin news at gmail.com if you'd like to partner with the good news
0: It's harvest time at the farm the 13th annual Fall Festival at Denver Rescue Mission's Harvest Farm. The 209-acre farm can hardly contain all the Fall Festival fun. The whole family can enjoy a traditional corn maze, as well as a petting zoo and hay wagon rides from 10 to 9 on Fridays and Saturdays, and noon to 7 on Sundays. All new this season is Fright-Free Family Day on October 31st, where the gross and gory can stay at home. There will be costume contest, peanut-free trick-or-treating, and more proceeds from the festival will help the new life program at Harvest Farm, an outreach of the Denver Rescue Mission. This program has been helping men overcome homelessness and addiction so they can return to society as productive and self-sufficient citizens. Join in on the fun every weekend this October. Come in this weekend. It'll be over before you know it. For tickets and all the details can be found at harvestfarm.net slash fall festival. Denver Rescue Mission, changing lives in the name of Christ.
3: 810-KLVZ, listen online and check out showtimes at klvz.com.
1: Welcome back. Well, did you know that October is Healthy Lung Month? And you're thinking, well, does that concern me? Well, do you know if your lungs are at risk? Do you know if your lungs are healthy? We've all heard of things happening to people who haven't necessarily done the things we think put our lungs at risk. For instance, one of my friends uh, got lung cancer and didn't smoke. Well, there are other things we need to be educated about. And here to educate us this afternoon is Dr. Emery Knoth. He is the professor of medicine in the section of pulmonary and critical care medicine at the University of Chicago. And Dan Kastner, a patient diagnosed with IPF. So let's talk a little bit about, first of all, what is IPF?
6: Well, as the name implies, idiopathic just means we don't understand why. Pulmonary is lung and fibrosis is scarring. So it's a scarring of the lung. We don't understand why it happened. Eventually, that scarring makes the lung shrink down and turn into a brick. It makes it harder for the patient to breathe. And the result is that they get shorter breath, first with exertion and later at rest. It also gives them a cough as a result of stretching apart their airways. And eventually it leads to death.
1: All right. So let's talk about why, uh, as you know, doctor, this often goes undiagnosed or at least misdiagnosed uh, sometimes for a while.
6: Yeah. So, you know, shortness of breath is a very common type of complaint that can occur from a variety of problems. And I think the biggest problem is because this is an age-related disease, it's more common in an 80-year-old than a 50-year-old. It's more common in men than in women. Mm -hmm. People think that as they get short of breath with age that it's just getting older. Ah, is that they kind of ignore it for a while.
1: Right. You know, you-
6: uh, 18 holes of golf turns into nine, nine turns into a golf cart, and someone else is shoveling the snow. And the result is that they think that's just normal.
1: And, Doctor, no offense to your people, but sometimes the men in my life, like my husband, dad, uh, they like to kind of, like, ignore it, thinking, if I don't pay attention to this, it might go away,
6: <laughs> which it yeah, doesn't. <laughs> I, th- I think that's exactly right, right? I mean, I think... <laughs> You know, most patients, until they're challenged, yes. God gives us a lot of reserve, and we actually have a lot of reserve in our lungs. And it's not till you reach certain thresholds and then challenge those thresholds by doing something more than what you do day to day, that you suddenly appreciate that maybe you can't do what you used to be able to do.
1: Right. Well, I want to talk about that, Dan, because you are a patient. Let's talk about how you first started to experience these symptoms, how it impacted your life, and how you got help.
7: Well, I my my first diagnosis uh, was in two thousand twelve and my first for me, uh, the feeling where I where I couldn't breathe was at eight thousand feet on a hike with my family in Lake Tahoe. Uh-huh. And we started the hike and I immediately immediately was gasping for air. I, I couldn't do the hike. And I've been pretty much part of a major part of my life for forty years prior to that, been up in the high country. Um, I didn't know what it was. I knew it was serious, I was scared. I uh, saw a pulmonologist within a very short period of time, did a CT scan, and I was immediately diagnosed with IPF. And the Dr. North is correct, I, this scarring didn't happen overnight. I didn't get it the week before. I actually, the scarring began years before. But at zero elevation, I attributed my slowdown, my breathing uh, problems, which wasn't great, wasn't horrible. To old age, mm-hmm. uh, perhaps I had a a, a a cold at the time, and that was what I think a lot of people who are out there uh, think they have. It's just they're getting older, they're slowing down, they can't they can't work in the garden so much or play the golf, as Doctor uh, Nolte said. Uh, so we're trying to encourage that. If you start to feel that, uh, don't attribute. Go see a, a, a doctor right away especially if you're over 50, 60 years old.
6: Mm -hmm.
1: All right. Now, how are you doing now? How are you maintaining and dealing with the IPF?
7: Well, I'm doing, I mean, I can no longer do those things that I was able to do. That's just not possible. I have a hard time when I get to the top of a a flight of stairs breathing. So I'm coping as as best I can. I try to uh, walk. I still try to get exercise but at a very slow pace, at my pace. uh, I am doing uh, espionage which has uh, proven and shown to uh, slow down the scarring of my lungs. My lungs are about 60% scarred, and in some cases I believe it's also uh, stopped the scarring. So I, I think that uh, it can't, it's not going to make it retreat, not going to solve my, my lung issue, but it's really helped uh, slow it down. And it's given me uh, mentally a much greater outlook on my future, Um, and so I'm I'm feeling pretty good about that.
1: Well, that's good to hear. All right, well, I would love to know uh, risk factors, doctor. We heard from Dan, who's doing well now, but misdiagnosed initially and then finally got the right diagnosis. What do you want us to know that could put us at risk?
6: Well, you know, we mentioned a few of these earlier, right? So it's an age-related disease. It's it's definitely more common in an 80-year-old than a 50-year-old. It's more common in men than in women. It's more common in people that are going to have some kind of injury to their lungs, so a history of smoking. A history of heartburn or reflux. Ah. Uh, we know that there are a whole bunch of associated comorbidities that'll make people think about it. We know that industrial exposures, living in industrialized countries, and then you know occupational and environmental um, exposures uh, from hobbies. Uh huh. You know, increase the risk for this.
1: Right, that could damage our lungs, some of those hobbies we don't even think about. All right, I want to make sure people can get more information if they want to look into this or feel like, you know, they may be a little short of breath and they may want to know a little more.
6: Yeah, so, you know, I mean, Dan mentioned that the real key issue here is that we have two approved therapies only in the last year, and that's a huge impact. And so, if people are feeling short of breath, they really should talk to their doctor so they can get a workup. You know, after that, on the web, uh, pulmonaryfibrosis.org as well as the Pulmonary Fibrosis Foundation's website and the Coalition for Pulmonary Fibrosis's site. They both have a lot of great information.
1: Excellent. Well, thank you, Doctor, and thank you, Dan. I'm glad you're feeling better, Dan. Okay, well, thank you very much. Excellent. Thank you, guys. Thank you.
2: Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com.